0: Every single one of us instinctively feels a deep need to search for something to satisfy us. And it's so deep within us that we will never stop searching until we are satisfied. Now, that drive inside of us, it's not a bad thing. God actually created us to be that way. But it is bad when we try to find fulfillment in earthly things because God did not create us for that. He created us to find ultimate satisfaction in Him. I mean, how many times have we searched for satisfaction in earthly things, and what happens? We end up becoming dependent on, maybe even addicted to something that cannot ever satisfy us. And that's why finding our fulfillment in God Himself is one of the key lessons on the road to freedom. It's
1: almost like a a byproduct. Jesus says, abide in me and you'll bear fruit. When you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. But I'm noticing that those desires are more pure now than they were. And the only difference is that I've delighted in the Lord. Coming up on this
0: episode of Purity for Life, the incredible freedom that comes when we find satisfaction, not in earthly things, but in God himself. Thanks for joining us. Here we go. All right, so I've got yet another counselor from our residential program here with me in the studio. Josh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Okay, so this episode is part of an ongoing series that we've been doing called Key Lessons on the Road to Freedom. And today, the key lesson is seek fulfillment in Jesus. And when I was uh, working on this topic, I immediately thought about you, because I've heard you get up in front of our students at the residential program and just talk about how over the last couple of years especially, Jesus has become satisfying to you. And the way you've said it numbers of times is, I never knew just how good he really is. And I just feel like this is really important when it comes to walking the road to freedom is finding that fulfillment in God.
1: Yeah, yeah, and for anyone watching, they might immediately think, "Oh, this guy has it and I don't have it." And so even when you asked me to come on, I remember thinking, "I don't I don't know that I'm the expert in this." And so I think that it's important for anyone listening or watching to know that it it doesn't I don't think you're gonna get to this place where you're like, yes, I am perfectly fulfilled in Christ and I'm rocking and rolling. Like, This is a journey, and I like what you talk about on the road to freedom, because on this journey, on this road, as you're walking in the light, as you're becoming nearer to the Lord, I feel like you just see more clearly, and as that happens, our desires change and we love Jesus more. So I don't, I don't think I'm the expert to talk on this, but I, I think I can share that along this journey, I have found Christ more fulfilling. And that's not a thing that I really like strove in my flesh to do, mm-hmm. but I think that that's something that has happened. And I'm so thankful. And He gets the credit and the glory for that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I mean we are going to we are going to look for satisfaction in something. Mm-hmm. So if it's not in Him, our hearts are just going to be yearning after something else. Some something else. Yeah, um, I think we've all heard the scripture that says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." and And one explanation that I've heard about that verse is that when you delight yourself in the Lord, when he is your delight, then he gives himself to you. Right. Meaning the desire of your heart becomes him, and so he gives himself. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that there's another facet of meaning in this verse, which is that God knows that there are desires very deep within us for good things, mm-hmm. for wholesome things, for, for things that do bring satisfaction, and God does want us to have good things. Mm-hmm. What I mean, what has been your own experience with that side of the
1: Lord? Well, you hit on this. It's that he gives us himself, and that is just beautiful. I could look for purpose or fulfillment in a lot of different things, but I have found that nothing compares to Jesus. That sounds really simple and that sounds but it's maybe it's Christianity 101. I feel like all my lessons are Christianity 101, but it is that God is good and I I find contentment. I take delight in who he is. So he gives us himself. As I was thinking about this a certain situation came to mind in December of last year I was worshiping at a friend's church and for me 2023 was a really difficult year I just feel like the Lord was pruning a lot but I don't even sometimes I think when the Lord is dealing with us we don't even know what he's doing exactly and it felt like that I felt like I was in the dark for some of the year and I was persevering but I didn't feel like godly perseverance. It didn't feel like really anything. And in between the songs, the worship leader had just exhorted us, praise the Lord in your own words. And what came out of my heart as I started to praise the Lord? And I remember thinking, I did not praise the Lord like this six months ago. I didn't know him like this six months ago. I can praise him for who he is and who I know him to be now because of what I've walked through. And I just thought that's that's so precious. That's kind of what we're talking about is that the longer you walk with Jesus, the more precious he becomes. He gives himself to us. Uh, there's a, I grew up as a pastor's kid. There's a lot of hymns that talk about this. One's called More Love to Thee. There's a verse that I hate. I hate to sing sometimes, and maybe hate's not the right word. There's a verse that says, Let sorrow do its work, come grief or pain. Sweet are thy messengers, sweet their refrain. When they can sing with me, More Love, O Christ, to Thee. And so when you're in sorrow or you're in darkness, I hope it's still my cry, Lord, I want this to be producing in me more love to Thee. And I don't think you can see it in the moment, but when you're out of it, having that experience six months later, like, Lord, this has produced more love for You in me, and I'm so thankful. That's what He does for us. Mm -hmm. So that's one example. Mm Mm-hmm. So the other thing I think that's helpful to understand is that the narrative of my life is now God is good. The psalmist says in Psalm 118, give thanks to the Lord for he's good, his steadfast love endures forever. And that is true of me. And as I walk with Jesus ever increasingly, that's what I'm beholding, that God is good and he's been good to me. And as his love becomes the narrative. As that's what I focus on all the more, it purifies other desires that I have. When I see Jesus rightly, a desire that I might have had that was good but it was twisted or stained with self becomes purified. And I'm really thankful that the Lord does that It's almost like a a byproduct. Jesus says, "...abide in me and you'll bear fruit. When you delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart." But I'm noticing that those desires are more pure now than they were. And the only difference is that I've delighted in the Lord. And these things... uh, There's a verse that says, "...to the pure all things are pure. These things are becoming purified as I walk with Jesus."
0: What are what are some of the things that you have wanted? You know those deep desires that you have wanted. That as he's been helping you to find fulfillment in him, he's
1: given you along with himself. That's a good question. Um, I mean, I know what I think. Every man and maybe women too, uh, we want recognition we want influence, we want titles. And I don't know, the Lord, he has to purify that because there's so much self and pride that stains that. So I'm a, I'm a do-it-all. Uh, I'm a Martha type and that I, I want to be busy. And so I feel like the Lord has had to purify some of the gifts that he's given me. And so... Like last year, I I like to lead worship, and I wasn't leading worship for a time, and that was difficult. And I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to be on the stage, and eventually, I just came to the place where I was like, "Well, Lord, like I I am content just to give you worship here in the pews." And it was like right when I got to that moment, then they're like, "Hey, do you do you want to start leading worship?" And I'm like what what in the world and i just i think the lord had to get me to that place where i really was he had purged that i don't just a, a desire that still was stained with with joshua and i've just seen that time and time again i've wanted this or i've i've tried to go after something in my own strength and the lord's just like he's patient and he waits with me and later i'm like okay i um, I remember when I was in the process of becoming certified to be a counselor, and it was like me and this other guy were in the same process, and I definitely wanted to be the guy who got certified first, and that was a really big deal to me, and eventually, I just, I feel like the Lord had to purge that out of me, and so one day, our director of counseling came to me and said, do you think you finished all the requirements, are you ready, and I said, I don't know. I like what I'm doing now. So if you want to put the other guy in first, you can do that. And not that he needed my permission. And he said, yeah, it sounds like from your heart you're ready. And so I I think those are good desires. The Lord wants us to go and make disciples, but he purifies those things. And Mm -hmm. so when I look back on my life now, I'm thankful that the Lord was slow, and he was long-suffering, and he was patient. And I'm still doing those things today, but I'm thankful that he took the time to do the work in me. And I think other people are blessed because there's a lot less Joshua in the mix. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that is like really clear in Scripture, especially if you look back at the Old Testament, Um, there's one passage that I'm thinking of, I can't remember. It's in Exodus somewhere, and it basically says the Lord is like, okay, listen, I am about to bring you into a land that is flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to give you houses you didn't build. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you vineyards you didn't plant. You are going to have an abundance, but be very, very careful, lest in your heart you forget the Lord, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think it's kind of what you're saying, like, the lord in his heart he longs to bless us i mean he's like a, he's a good father any yeah. good father yeah. is not just like well why aren't you just satisfied in your relationship with me <laughs> you know he's like i want to give you good mm-hmm. things but the lord being a good father knows that i i have to be careful i can't just give them everything that i really want to because there's something inside of the human heart that is easily corrupted by good things by blessings And we can be led away from the Lord by the blessings that he even gives us. Mm -hmm. And you talked a little bit about some of the things that have been a temptation. Are there other things that in the past were just like really tempting to you that would, yeah, that would lead you away from the Lord?
1: Yeah, I think that we all just, we wanna be somebody. Uh, We wanna be recognized. We want the title like, a year ago, I found out that there's this thing in Kentucky called Kentucky Colonels, and you can get nominated to the governor, and you can then have the title of colonel. Of um, <laughs> and I just, like, w- I wanted that. I wanted to be a Kentucky colonel. And, I, I yeah, I want to be somebody. I want to have a title. Right. Um, or a lot of us maybe— put value in education. Mm. And so for me, this is a funny story. So I have a master's degree and I was debating like do I put this on the wall in my office? And I was like, well, I don't know. So I had like leaned it against my shelf which was right next to the trash can. And so the day I went to put it up, I looked for it and it was gone. And I looked all over my office and I'm pretty sure the cleaner came and took that out with the trash. <laughs> So, through my degree away. <laughs> and I was like, well, I think this is an answer to my question. Um, and so just I yeah. think things like that, I want to be noticed. I want to have the right um I remember like in my 20s really caring about like what my car said about me. And just the Lord wants me to get from point A to point B. He wants to give us good things, but we can just get into at least for me, the outward appearance and what this looks like and what do people respect, I want that. Mm. And it's just a snare.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, hopefully people can sort of fill in the blanks for themselves, like what are those things that I really crave? And we, just, we all need to realize that if for some reason the Lord has not fulfilled that desire— in his heart is only love mm-hmm. and mercy for mm-hmm. us. In the lack, in the keeping back from us, some of those things that we really want, it's his love. It's never, he's not like us. Either he wants us to learn to have fulfillment in him. Or he knows we're not ready for it, mm-hmm. <laughs> or he's preparing us for it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just really, he's really, really good that way. You know, we, you know, we have this tendency in our heart to wander away from the Lord. Um, what are some of the warning signs that you've seen in a person's life that just kind of indicates, like, okay, they're being led away from that place of fulfillment in Jesus? And what are some of the things that you've seen the Lord try to do in people's lives to help them?
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's important to remember that we all have, there's like a capacity. And so when you're not at full capacity, like if you're not delighting in the Lord, like if you're seeing unfulfillment, if that's a word, disfulfillment, whatever that word is, if you're starting to see that, I think that's a good warning sign for yourself, like oh, I'm not, I don't feel fulfilled. Like, what's going on in me? Mm. Am I finding my fulfillment in the Lord? So I think if you're, like, self-assessing, like, just not, like, follow your feelings, but if you start to sense that, I think you can ask yourself, what's going on on the inside? What am I chasing that I feel like I'm not getting? Because I think fulfillment and contentment go together in this area. Mm. And so if I'm discontent What am I longing for? Usually that's something that's found outside of the Lord. I want something else. I want affirmation. I have this right to be noticed. Or if I only just had this house. But the good thing is when you see something like that, you can redirect. Okay, no, Lord, I'm getting off. And so I think just like listening to your own feelings in that sense is one way. Another way is to look at your interactions with others. And so there's this lady, uh, Martha Wing Robinson, and she said once, Lord, make me a doormat. And I do not like to pray that. I don't want to be a doormat for people. Um, I want people to respect me. And so I think that in my interactions with others, if I'm short, if I start to be manipulative or controlling or... Start thinking that I'm owed something, that someone owes something to me. Like, okay, I'm going to these people for fulfillment somehow in these interactions. And so if, if I start seeing myself um, just getting in the flesh more with others, I think I realize, wow, I something mm-hmm. is off, and I, I need to change course. I need to repent. I need to get back to, Lord... Regardless of what happens, regardless of how people treat me or how they see me, you love me. And when I have you, I have all that I need. I don't have to chase something else. And so I think that's a really good measure is Mm -hmm. if you're struggling with that, just look at your interactions with others, what's happening. And that that might be a very clear indicator that something's off.
0: Yeah. And the reason that we're talking about this— in this series, Key Lessons on the Road to Freedom, is because those kinds of things, discontentment or issues with other people and relationship conflict, that the enemy can use that very easily mm-hmm. to say, oh, okay,
1: well, how about your sin? Right, right. And again, you come back to John 15, "'Abide in me and you'll bear much fruit.'" If we get outside of that, like the fruit dries up. And so it, it's not rocket science, but okay, if I'm not content in Jesus, if I'm not fulfilled in him, these are all empty wells. I've done this before. I know mm-hmm. I, I know for me when I, um, not even if I was in the flesh, but if I, if I feel like someone spoke to me the wrong way or I get offended and I hold on to that offense they should have said this to me they should have spoken to me this way and they didn't if i don't deal with that right away and run to, that will fester and that does not stay there that's malignant and that grows and i find that affecting other areas of my life mm-hmm. and so absolutely when i have those slight offenses i take it to the lord lord maybe i am hurt by this but you are enough and I feel like I just, I keep learning how to be a son, how to be a servant of the Lord. Lord, I live my life for you. I live for an audience of one, and I know that other people can be so powerful sometimes, but I come back to, I want my life to be pleasing to you. And we're not, we don't do this perfectly, but if we can keep aligning ourselves there, you will protect yourself from so many other fallbacks or sins that want to creep on the Mm. back of some of those things. Yeah, and
0: I just want to say to people that, I mean, maybe some of this sounds a little bit like pop psychology, you know, like, well, you need to find your satisfaction in Jesus, but it's it's not. This is a very biblical thing Mm -hmm. that God has created us to be satisfied. Mm -hmm. Like, he's created us with the capacity to be satisfied, and so if we're not satisfied in him, that's when things really start to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what opens the door to all kinds of idolatrous desires and idolatrous pursuits. And so being fulfilled in Jesus is like a protective barrier around your spiritual life. Something else tries to come in, and you're just like, no, I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm satisfied in God and he is he has proven to me to be a superior satisfaction yeah. than other things. Like yeah. I just think about times where you know, we've all we've all done this at some point in our life. You run after a sin because you think it's going to satisfy you. Like let's say you binge on some kind of sexual sin. You get to the end and you're full of the sin, mm-hmm. but you're not satisfied right. at all. Right. But you never will have that experience with Jesus That's right? where you have this incredible experience with him, this incredible encounter with him, mm-hmm. and then you leave going, oh, I feel empty. You, you'll never have that experience. Yeah,
1: yeah. Look at David's reaction in Psalm 51 where when he's repenting for his sexual sin, he says... Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. When we are growing in contentment, when we're growing in satisfaction and delighting ourselves in the Lord, that becomes precious to us. So, Lord, I don't want to run to these things because your presence is precious to me, because this relationship that I'm building with the Lord is not trite. It's not this thing. I used to shrug that off and run to sin. And now I'm like, no, Jesus, I value you, and I don't want to grieve you. So I am going to put all my eggs in this basket. I am delighting in you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, could, it might sound, like, simplistic, but that's the gospel. Lord, I want you came and you died so I could have right relationship with you. Read Ephesians 1. The Lord has all these blessings for us. I want that. I want you, Jesus, and I want everything that comes with being a son of God. And so I—yeah, I. if we could only get to that place where it's like, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me— mm keep me keep me close to you. The other thing that maybe I didn't talk about earlier, the other thing that's happened for me is I value the cross so much more than I used to. Like Jesus didn't get a deal on me. Jesus paid an exorbitant price for someone who's pretty worthless, someone who's pretty who was really stained with sin, but he paid an incredible price and When I look at the price he paid, when I look at the cross and I see that, it humbles me and that changes me. And the more we walk with the Lord, I'm like, I got the deal. The Lord didn't get the deal, but I'm so thankful for how much he's done for me. And so that, again, comes back to this is my narrative. I didn't know he was this good. And in the residential program for nine months, I kept telling the counselors— I grew up in the church, but I didn't know he was this good. I hope that's the thing I cry out the rest of my life. What I echo, mm-hmm. he's better. In 5 years from now, I'll be back on here telling you again, he's better than I even thought at that table 5 years ago because that's that's the narrative. That's how he's taking me and so as Jesus becomes more real, as he keeps setting me free from all of my sinful tendencies, I hope that it just results in more love, more satisfaction in him. And I can't wait. First John says, one day we're going to see him and we're going to be like him. Mm. And I can't wait for that to happen. And until that day, I hope I just keep falling more and more in love with him.
0: Mm. Yeah. So another thing I, I think that's probably important to say is that it's not just that we are satisfied in him. It's that when we're satisfied in Him and are full of Him, He begins to remake us. You know, our inner lives are transformed. What are some of the ways that you've seen that happening?
1: The Lord, He—well, I said earlier, He sanctifies what's on the inside, but he, he changes what we value. And so when I first came on staff at Pure Life, I worked— in our conference department and to me efficiency was everything and mm. there were ways that things were done that I just I had an opinion on and thought I could do it better and I used to really value efficiency and the lord has just he just cleans us up on the inside there is probably a lot of pride in that too but it's so easy for me in my flesh to focus on projects and not people. Mm -hmm. And the Lord, he just changes us. He opens our eyes and sees, okay, like I had this interaction with my roommates in the morning and I was short with them or I was snippy with them and I am learning now to value that relationship over the dishes in the sink or over something else. And so the Lord, he just changes what we value, and I'm thankful because even if you've grown up in church and you've grown up with a Christian worldview, I still think a lot of that is warped around, our culture uh, shapes that a lot, and it's revolved a lot around self. And so the more you walk with Jesus, and again, the narrative is the Lord is good, his mercy is forever, the more that my life reflects that truth, then my life is a lot less about me and I see things in a different light. I think we have a very finite capacity to love others and like my, in my flesh, capacity to love others is very low. I need the Lord's reservoir of love to love others. I have to abide in him and when I do that, sometimes I don't even, I don't know if people feel this at home, like sometimes I'll get to work and I'm like, I do not know how I'm going to do this today. And when I pray and ask the Lord, I have seen him come in time Mm -hmm. and time and time again. I'm in his strength, and as I do what he's called me to do, he really does help me. He gives me the strength, the joy, the energy, and I'm just thankful for that. Yeah, I just—well, I I appreciate what you're saying,
0: too, because it shows just how intricate the work of God is in our inner world— Everybody's different. This is not a formula. This is just that when you are satisfied in him and fulfilled in him, he's going to work in your inner world in a way that's very particular to you mm-hmm. and that you really need. Mm-hmm. And people and people can be assured and, and encouraged that he'll do that work. Mm-hmm. I think we also have to talk about the fact that this kind of fulfillment in God is, doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Like You do have to cultivate it. It's not completely up to you, but it's not gonna happen without your participation. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to make choices. Mm-hmm. So um, are there any things in particular that you've found to be really vital when it comes to having
1: that fulfillment in God? Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about this a lot. Daily time with the Lord is... Like, I need my mind renewed by the Word of God. But I think two things that have really helped me. The first is magnifying the Lord. And so mm. when I talk about this, I, it's like you, you put a magnifying glass up, and when you pull it back, that thing gets bigger. I have to keep making Jesus the center of my narrative Because my life really is not about me. I have to magnify the Lord. And so, again, we might have a Christian worldview where, okay, I have morals and I think this is right and this is wrong and I have to avoid this. But I have to see the Lord as bigger. I have to see the Lord as more involved in every aspect of my life than I naturally do. Mm -hmm. When I came to the program, they told me, you're going to be working at this job, and... I thought I had like researched Williamstown, Kentucky, and they have a zip line at the Ark encounter, and I had already written them, and I'm like, oh, I could be a zip line instructor with you guys. That was not the job I got when I was in the program. <laughs> and I think I said something to one of the counselors like, well, that's not the Lord. Like, I just, that was the next available job, and that's the one that you placed me with. And he goes, wow, if you have a worldview like that, are you really any better than a pagan or an astrologer? And... That really challenged me. Like, is the Lord, do I believe he's intricately involved in every part of my story? And if that's true and the Lord is perfectly holy and he can't sin against me, then I can trust if hardship comes, if a comment comes at me that I think was unfair, I can trust it all passed through the Lord's hands and he's trying to do something and work something in me. And so Mm -hmm. all of us, I think, just magnify the Lord a little bit more and be intentional about your worldview. Look for him at work throughout your day. Give him glory when something comes through. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship and we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works that Christ prepared in advance for us to do. So as I go about my day, I'm looking for the good works that he already prepared for me. I don't have to strive and make this happen by myself. I am looking for God's hand. What would you have me say to that person? What would you have me do? But I am ready, Lord. I'm ready to do your work. So magnifying the Lord. And then the second thing is testimony. In Deuteronomy, Moses is talking to the people of Israel, and he's saying, talk about these things with your children. Talk about them when they get up when you put them down to sleep, talk about them in the road, when you're coming, when you're going. And I think that's so true. Mm. Uh, Sometimes like people from high school are like, oh, you're that Jesus guy. And I'm not ashamed of that because Jesus is so central. He is the main character, even in my story. It's not me. It's him. And so as you talk about what the Lord has done, I feel like he's even sanctified parts of my story. Uh, Part of Pure Life Ministries, the residential program, is we have, like, on Thursday nights, we have a lot of staff testify. And as I have gotten up and testified about things in my past that I've struggled with or things the Lord has done, I feel like the Lord still is sanctifying my story. As I look back and reflect on the character of God... I see him in situations that I didn't see back then. And I feel like he's healing me and he's changing the way that I think and maybe old thought patterns. Man, I thought the Lord abandoned me in this situation and I was bitter for years. But I look back now and I see that he's good and his mercy is forever. So as we talk about him, he fills us. And and when I'm filled with Jesus, It doesn't mean I'm immune from being tempted to sin, but I, there's another hymn I'll quote. It says, Stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised, perfect peace and rest. And that's my story. And that's the story I'm going to keep echoing for years to come.
0: Hey, thanks so much for joining us. You know, if this episode really resonated with you, there's a sermon that Pastor Steve Gallagher preached last year called The One Necessary Thing. And he was looking at the passage where Jesus went to the home of Martha and Mary. Martha, she was busy and distracted with serving, but Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and just listened to him. And I thought that Pastor Steve's angle on that sermon it was pretty unique because he connected it to the needs of someone who wants to come out of sexual sin. So, if you're interested, you can find that sermon on our YouTube channel or on our website or on our smartphone app. Again, it's called The One Necessary Thing by Steve Gallagher. God bless. We'll see you next time. Purity
1: for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.